The Geek and I Podcast, part of the Geek News Now Podcast Network. Join us this week as John and Jeff speak to the organizer of the Retro Expo Collectors event, July 23rd and 24th at the Plano Event Center in Plano, Texas. For tickets and information, visit RetroExpo.com. Use code MYFRIENDAPCHECKOUT for 25% off your ticket purchase. And now, here's John and Jeff. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Jason David, Frank, Frank. I don't know why I would call Frank, him. yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, he's the Green yes. Ranger. Uh, he, he, the right. Green Ranger guy. He, uh, he's Saturday only, and he's looking like he's going to be pretty popular. Like he's the guy that everybody keeps, you know, messaging us and saying, how much is his autograph and how long is he going to be there and what's his limit? So, oh, okay. Sounds exciting. You know, it's, yeah. it's been, it's been a while since I've been to, um, a, you know, a convention at, at, you know, the oh, yeah. very least. Yeah. But, you know, a couple of years, it seems like. And, and this is, this is a, um, is it, is it just, uh, like retail people come with their stuff and, and they, they swap and sell and buy and stuff like that or is yeah. it is it an actual you know show i know it has a couple of you know a couple of uh, guests and we can uh, we can delve into who's going to uh, be there uh, other than the green ranger and you know but what is the what is the um the actual uh, expo is it is it just cool old stuff yeah i mean it's it's a big dealer's room it's 35,000 square feet so that's the kind of show I wanted to put on. And the guests are new for me. I've been doing these retro collectible shows, uh, but this is the first show that I've done um, where we had some bigger media guests. So that's a new, the autograph thing is really like a new component for me. Mm -hmm. I, no. I've, I've done shows like that, but it's been, it's been a long time. Um, since I've done shows where we actually had, you know, paid guests and people signing autographs, stuff like that. Now, what, um, where, how did, how did the, um, the company start? I, I know that the, there's an official name of the company, correct? Uh, behind Retro Expo? Correct. Yes. Well, it's my wife and I have a company called Heritage Event Company, and we've we put on, we've been putting on collectible events for like ten or eleven years now, um, in states all around the Midwest, like Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, Colorado, Utah, Louisiana, um, Kansas, uh, but we more recently started doing you know toy and comic shows and and you know more collectible a little bit more retro or vintage toy and comic shows um and that's just that's just been growing and of course the collectible market is really growing and i'm a collector and that's what i go that's what i like to do at shows when i go to cons and stuff i i'm really going to go to the dealer's room i'm not a big autograph collector is this is this just a, an excuse to go shopping yes <laughs> yeah, it's creating it's like I'm trying to create the Chicago Toy Show, which is my favorite show in the world, uh, down here 
in this neck of the woods. So if you had to describe how you got, how did you, how did you get into collectibles? Was it just as a kid one day you bought something and, you know, a few years later you found it again and like, Oh, you know, I really, that's pretty neat that I still have that. And let me, let me uh, see what else I can add to this. You know, is it, was there one thing that sparked this whole thing? Um, I think I, I, I think I just have the, the bug. I think some people are kind of, and maybe a lot of people are, I mean, maybe it's very common because I do know that they're, you know, everybody seems to collect something. Um, rarely do you meet someone that just doesn't have a little collection of salt and pepper shakers or something, but you know, some people are worse than others. And I think at a young age, I started uh, thinking about preserving or hanging on to some of my toys and things. So I think some of it is just, uh, just a personality trait. So when I got out of college, um, I started buying again, you know, in my early twenties, like going to flea markets and, and buying Star Wars action figures and stuff like that and, and back issue comics. And it's just, I never, I, I guess I had a little bitty break there from high school and college. And then, <laughs> you know, mm. went back to the stuff I liked as, as a kid. Right. Now there's, there's one thing in your personal collection that is um, your favorite. Do you have a favorite, you have a favorite collectible? Uh, well, I, you know, stuff from the seventies, uh, and toys from the seventies are really, um, kind of my thing. Cause that's really when I was playing with toys, I kept, I kept buying them almost as a collector into even like not, you know, junior high, I was still, I, cause the star Wars films were still coming out. And so I was still buying I, I, you know, I didn't outgrow them until the movies were over. And when the movies were over in 83, pretty soon after that, I switched to comic books and I became like this hardcore geek, you know, comic book geek. But I had been that way since I was in, I think about sixth grade, I went to my first comic convention in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was born and raised a little show called Ocon in 1980. And I think Alan Dean Foster was the guest of honor. And Alan Dean Foster is of course a novelist who's written a bunch of novelizations of, of films like Alien. And uh, I know he's written uh, a Star Wars novel. I think, I think the first Star Wars novel, I think he wrote. Um, so I, you know, I had been into the com comic books in that scene and even, you know, bought back issues as a kid um, at, uh, you know, comic store. So I, you know, I, I don't, for whatever reason, I, I gravitated to that world early on and just kind of hung on to it. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned Star Wars stuff. I have actually on, on my, my toy shelf over here, I found this, um, I moved from McKinney to Denison and was going through some boxes to just get rid of some junk. And I actually found this, and this was one of my favorite things ever. I don't have any, oh, any yeah. of, I don't have any yeah. of the die figures. I, I think I remember having um, the carbonite. 
Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. That's the Kenner Micro Collection, not yeah. Micro Machines. It's a very similar concept. You know, Micro Machines were big in the 90s and the figures were plastic, but the Kenner Micro Collection, like the, that set you're holding in your hand, they had metal uh, figures, painted metal figures, and they were heavy. Um, I think there was a Death Star. Um, uh, I know they did some vehicles. I know they did a, a snow speeder in the micro collection, an X-Wing. Yeah, they did a Death Star playset. They did some more Bespin parts, like the the set that has the window that that Darth Vader. There's a switch, and Darth Vader can kick Luke out the the window. Yeah, and there's a Luke figure that where he's he's kind of like standing there kind of bent over, like, you know, Darth Vader is like force pushing him out. Um, and I'm trying to think of some, some of the other micro sets. I didn't, I didn't have those as a kid. And what's weird is, Oh, there's some Hoth ones. There's yes. a couple of Hoth micro play sets. I have somewhere. And I, now that you mentioned that, I, I think I do have Han in Hoth gear. The little um, diecast Han and Hoth gear. I have a little snow speeder, and I th- I think it came with. Uh, I can't remember if if it was actually the Hoth, or if it was just one of my wife's um, winter things that we pull out at Christmas time. But I do remember some kind of snow mound. Yeah. That uh, that came with the the um, the micro yeah, machines. There's, there's the one micro- that has like. One of the Hoth ones is the ion cannon, I think, from from that scene, you know, where they're trying to escape and they shoot the Star Destroyers in orbit. I think one of them is an ion cannon, and I think one of them is the Wampa Cave. And there is a die-cast metal Wampa. He's real, uh, yes. he's real heavy. Uh, he's, he's probably the biggest figure they made. I think, um, I think that's what I had, because I remember the Wampa. Yeah, and there's a figure of Luke hanging upside down that you can slide into a little, a little bracket or whatever inside that. So very, That's very cool looking little setup because they didn't make that a place that like that in the larger scale. They made that figure, they made the Wampa figure in that scale, but not like a Wampa cave at that scale. Yeah, that was, uh, I wish, you know, it's like, I always tell, we did a star Wars show, uh, on, uh, May the 4th and, we got into talking about our collectibles and it always seems to, you know, get me down when I think, when I, when I think about all the star Wars stuff that my dog got and buried in my backyard back home that, you know, the next people that moved into the house, you know, they're putting in an in-ground pool and all of a sudden there's the whole Kenner star Wars line buried, <laughs> buried in the shallow end of the pool that they're pulling up with the, with the excavator, you know, it's because, I had all that stuff and, you know, I'd find, you know, my dog had gotten it and chewed off Leia's head, you know, and, and now they're buried in the backyard somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's, talk about the, uh, let's talk about the guests that are going to be at the, um, at the show this week. We mentioned a green ranger. Uh, anybody, anybody else appearing this weekend? It's a, Yes, next weekend it's it's Friday and Saturday, July twenty three and twenty four. Um, like I said, it's a the Friday uh, evening is is a 
is a VIP um, ticket entry, and it's uh, more expensive, though uh, we do have a coupon that your uh, listeners can get in on to save 25% off, off of that, and I think I sent you that um, file. Yeah. We're going to put that, uh, we'll put that in the show notes um, so and share it with yeah, everybody. You, yeah, you can just put the code in there, um, but... And then, then Saturday is general admission and will be open, uh, you know, like nine to four on Saturday, the, the 23rd, uh, let's see, it's at the, no, it's the 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Jason David Frank is, is going to be Saturday only. He won't be there on VIP night on Friday, but the, the, all the other guests will be there both Friday and Saturday. Uh, and, uh, one of them is Amy Allen who um, played a Jedi, um, the, the Twi'lek, is that what they are? The, the blue girls with the right yep. with the kind of horns. She's like a Twi'lek uh, Jedi in both the last two uh, of the prequels, like Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones, I think, in the last two. And, and she's like, okay. Yeah, she'll be there both days. And Amy's interesting because she actually started working on Star Wars as a special effects artist. And George Lucas actually saw her and I guess thought she was a good looking chick or whatever and <laughs> cast her as this uh, this blue Jedi chick. Um, and then uh, Jet Lucas is going to be there both days. And uh, Jet is, you know, of course, uh, George Lucas's adopted son. Uh, but he has uh, he has a role in let's see what's his character's name Padawan Zet Jakusa, so he's another prequel uh, Star Wars character and he's one of the Padawans I think that gets killed. Uh, Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's I think he was the guy on the bridge. When um, Senator uh, Organa, is that Bail? Was it Bail Organa? Okay. Uh, Smith, I think he was there when he was the guy who was protecting Jimmy Smith's character. Okay. I'm not yeah, certain. He doesn't look I, like, yeah, you're right. He doesn't look like a Padawan. So he might, oh, I, didn't, I didn't really look into that, but uh, I guess he is a Jedi. Yeah, he's he's no it's Jedi Padawan. So he probably still had his little lock of hair in the back. Right. Yeah. And then um we also have John Morton and uh, John Morton is probably to most Star Wars people most recognizable as Dak, the gunner, the snowspeeder gunner that got killed mm-hmm. in the, the battle with Luke. And and I guess it's cuz he actually got FaceTime cuz a lot of those guys you know, wore helmets or costumes or masks or, or whatever. And he, John actually got, you know, some pretty good speaking lines and, and, you know, FaceTime, you know, with, with the hero Luke. And then of course a, a death scene, you know, dies, dies a hero. But um, he also uh, played Boba Fett. He was wearing the Fett costume on screen during the scene, uh, when he he i think vader says no disintegrations or whatever mm-hmm. uh, no, no 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 not not that one uh that that was earlier this this one took place on bespin 
uh, oh, he's no good to me dead. That's what he said. Uh, of course, that that line was dubbed in, but he he was wearing the Fett costume in that scene. I didn't know that. And so um, he's one of the, he's two of the five Fets. And I didn't realize that John Morton had a, a Fett role until he, uh, he agreed to do the show. Mm-hmm. And I started looking into him and I was like, oh, I had no clue that he, yeah, he was also a Fett. I just assumed he was just the Dak character. But, you know, other people, uh, you know, got to play multiple roles, you know, as costumed characters because you couldn't see their face. So they got to play, you know, right. several different people. And one of our guests, another one of our guests is Dickie Beer. And Dickie played several different uh denizen you know hut job of the hut denizens in the skiff scene in cost you know in in a mask i think he was a gamorian guard and he was definitely boba fett on the skiff doing stunt work uh like during the scene when you know luke chops his gun off that's mm-hmm. um that's dicky doing that that stunt and there was two different stuntmen in that scene too uh aside from Dickie, but he uh, was also a stunt coordinator uh, in Hollywood and a stunt man. So he's, he, he's done some pretty big films, like, you know, other geek films. Like I know he, he did stunt work in like Superman two, uh, you know, films like that. So he's got a, oh, and a, you know, at least, at least two James Bond films. He was a stunt man in, oh, he was a stunt man in um, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. I think he he fought in the uh, in the scene where the propeller is destroying the boat. Oh, okay. On the yeah. In, in okay. Venice. In Venice, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the guy in in the zoot suit uh, that that was one of the protectors of the Grail. Uh, I think that character was supposed to be Arabic or Jewish or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Dicky wearing a, a wig and and a, a fake you know mustache uh-huh. and you know. Uh, fighting Harrison Ford. Very cool. Very cool. Now, um, I have I have some um, photos here that I I grabbed off of the, um, I guess you you on Facebook. Yeah. And um, I, it's just some some pretty cool photos of. I guess this is the stuff that is, you know, usually available at. Yeah. Um, those are some, yeah. Previous shows I've done. Uh, this show is called retro expo. And, Cause I'm doing it in partnership with a friend here, but previously I've done shows called retro mania shows in Dur- dripping Springs, Texas, which is just outside of Austin, about 20 minutes West of Austin. And I did that one about a month ago. And then I did a show in New Braunfels, Texas, about a month earlier than that, another Retromania show. And uh, no big media guests or anything, just all, all about the shopping, the, you know, the merchandise. But the shows were uh, incredibly well attended. They were, they were crowded. Um, people were just, like, like we were discussing earlier, there hasn't been any cons for a couple of years. Right. Uh, so people i guess at least in texas are just dying to get out there and you know look for comic books and toys and video games and vhs tapes and t-shirts 
Um, the toys are new and old. There's custom action figures. There's, we've got guys coming to the show that do produce like awesome custom action figures, local guys. One guy from uh, Oklahoma and one guy from um, Bells, Texas, who has a uh, Victory Comics, um, has a custom action figure studio in Bells. He's bringing his stuff. Uh, uh, there you can see video games. There's lots of uh, the retro consoles, retro games, um, Nintendo, Atari, Sega, um, all kinds of stuff. Now, I have, uh, I, I have my very first um, home console. It doesn't work anymore, but it is, it's one of those items that is uh, cherished. Yeah. Uh, and everybody wants me to throw it away, but I, I just, it's kind of heavy. So let me, let me see if I can grab it here. You've, you've, I know you've seen this, this before. Oh, is that a Vectrex? This is a, this is my Vectrex. Yeah. The ver- very first video game that I ever had. And it doesn't work anymore? It well, it lights up. It makes a uh, a buzzing sound, and I get a, a a bright blue dot in the dead center hmm. of the of the screen. So I'm just wondering if you know maybe that because I think it has a tube in it. It's an old tube. Yeah. You know, and maybe the tube just wore out, but. You don't don't see those real often. I mean, I, I have seen them at, at shows, but I, it's not as common. You don't see them very often. They're cool systems. Yeah. I I'd like to have one. I have I have that, and I think I have three 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 games for it left. Um, I used to have a lot more. Um, Minecraft, Mindstorm, because that one was built into it. That was my favorite. That was like Asteroids. Yeah, and then. They- was um i have and I, it had those screen lay overlays that go on it i have um my star trek the motion picture with the overlay oh, uh, and i think it's berserk oh yeah i don't have yeah. the overlay for that one yeah th- those are all of those vector based games so it makes sense and that's what that is is you know it's it looks like laser beams on the screen, you know, it's like uh tempest and the, the star, their first star Wars game was that way. Yeah. Uh, Asteroids. My favorite, favorite arcade game. Yeah. Asteroids is probably the most famous vector based game. Cause I think everyone played Asteroids at one point or another. Well, yeah, you know, you had to put your quarters in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So oh, another thing that we see showing up at our shows, uh, and I, it delights me to no end, is people bringing cool VHS tapes to sell. Not like crappy ones, not like the common stuff that you just see over and over and over, but like good horror titles from the 80s, like slasher stuff. You know, the harder to find uh, tapes. And that's the kind of show I've wanted is like kind of a, you know, a mixed collector show. Cause I collect, if it's from my childhood or that era, I'm interested in it. If it's a coloring book or a pin back, you know, all, you know, t-shirt, even if I can't wear it, even if it's too small, um, you know, from the seventies, I'll, 
I, I might want it. And I have right. worked at my collection, you know. And I think it I think it's pretty funny that, you know, nowadays they're everybody is going for that retro um that retro look. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like yeah. I have I ha- I have and I think I saw a picture of this on on one of the on one of your images. I have I have this from this is uh I don't know if this is the widescreen. This this must be the widescreen um version of Return of the Jedi that was in a box set. But I also have and I found this I found this at Walmart and it's a t-shirt but it's it's made to look like Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I like I like that. Yeah, everybody's you're right. Everybody's getting in on that that retro look, but um there's something that was I don't know, especially old packaging. There's something that was just uh more fun and pure about old packaging because if, if you if you pick up a Star Wars action figure today, they're doing a better job, especially with like the retro collection uh card backs and stuff to to give you a, a cool old school Star Wars vibe, but if you turn the card over on the back, it's like full of text. Right. You know, it's like the whole entire back is just as much tiny, small text as they can possibly squeeze in that, that small amount of space. And it's just no fun. And it's today, all the, I guess all the legal jargon and warnings (laughs) and things that you have to put on, you know, modern packaging just kind of, you know, drives me nuts. And I, there's something, I guess, it's just simpler and funner. It was, it was, it was more, and also, uh, old packaging had more traditional art, like painted art, right? You know, oil right. painting, and that's, you know, you hardly see it today. It's just no one, you know, was. I don't know if they're not willing to pay for it, or they can't have enough control over it, or what. But, well, it's all corporate run and all mass produced. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, old packaging, uh, it, it looks like we finally uh, got him connected. Here is Jeff. Jeff, <laughs> having a little rough time uh, logging in today, but uh, he made it. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> awesome space style. Awesome. Robot. <laughs> Is to supply all data pertinent to this particular field. Glad to join you guys. Well, it's it's nice yes. to finally get you uh, connected correctly. I think I think that phone you were trying to log in on needs to go back to the warehouse. Yeah, I got a thousand dollar phone, and it's four K. Oh, wow. You guys were talking to me on a phone, uh, a uh, laptop from the 2015. <laughs> so it's a retro, uh, a retro PC. The retro so, PC. Yeah, I'm so, sure so you were open. We uh, we we were discussing uh, a whole bunch of um, uh, of things that are going on at the at the show. Um, you know, the, the Scott. Economic- nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, Jeff. Now, this this set here, this classic Star Trek 
uh-huh. set. Oh yeah, yeah, up in the left top left hand corner. Yeah, that's that's something else that I had. That um, one day I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, and my son comes in with um, Scotty and says, "Look what I found in the garage." Uh-oh. And then the one comes with, with everybody else. Wait, like, yeah, they were hanging out with James Doohan. Yeah, they. He was. He he. They ripped open that whole box. Just opened it up. Well, yeah, it's meant to be played with. It's a toy. Hanging out with Scott James Doohan. So. Yeah, that was that was a cool piece that I had. Now Jeff Jeff collects. Um, what is your what is your newest um, fixation, Jeff? Oh man, I don't know if you can see this because uh, you got lag in time. Can you see us? I can see. Oh, Gallagher. Right. This is a, a this is one fourth scale Galaga. Yeah. Let me see if we get back. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, be here all right. There you go. Thanks, John. Thank, thanks for the big screen. Check <laughs> this out. It's actually a place of real ROMs. And and it's the actual if you look behind it, it has the grips like back in the days, because you had to transport it. It was really heavy, so you had to have the uh back ends to grip it put on the dolly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they detailed this to the T. Yeah. One fourth scale. So if you got four of these uh, equal to size of the same one, I measured. <laughs> <laughs> if you got four of these, um, is it mass produced? Well, yeah. It, it, stands the same, it stands the same height. Yeah. It's one fourth scale. Just like Mini Me. Oh no, that's one yeah. eighth. That's one eighth his size. That's right. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the thing about this guy, he he he's one six scale of the original. He's six foot tall. That's pretty cool. Now, Scott, if you if you had um, if you had a holy grail. Of either of the, of the collectible, what what would your holy grail collectible be? Programming data insufficient. <laughs> insufficient. You may need protection. I have a lot of those things already. Um, like for a long time, the Kenner Alien, the the big eighteen-inch Kenner Alien. Uh, Came out in 1979 and bombed as a toy. Uh, getting one of those in like a box was, you know, like my holy grail or whatever. But I found one. I mean, because I'm always looking. I, I'm collecting constantly. So uh, eventually I hunted one down and got it for a price that I could afford. And, and But uh, yet remaining, um, there's a... I also collect a toy line called Shogun Warriors, which are all imported uh, toys from Japan in the late 70s. Again, another 70s toy. Uh, they did a Godzilla, which is the most 
famous one, the most famous Shogun Warriors, the Godzilla. He sticks his tongue out when you uh, click the le lever in the back of his head. Everybody knows that one. And the he pushes uh, fists. There's a you know, a button you launch his fist with a sp it's spring loaded. Um, have all the big ones. They there's uh, I think there's eight of the big ones and have all eight of them. But they made a bunch of small ones too. And it's the small ones I've been chasing around trying to get all of those. So there's, there's several pieces from the Shogun Warriors line that to have everything that they released is my goal. Um, there's a few more pieces I need and, and they're all like really expensive, of course, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me, let me show you this picture. Now you can tell this is, this is, this is probably seventies. You can tell that just from the carpet, uh, well, we know the carpet's from the 70s, but this is probably, I don't remember how old I was when I got this, but this uh, is, yeah. I, was that Mazinga? Wow. Yeah, that's that that's Mazinga. And uh, it, it, yeah, it's probably the 70s. It could be early 80s. And of course, um, it, is that your photo? That is That is my living room carpet, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks like seventies decor to me, the colors, that, that furniture. Um, but it could have been early eighties too. Honestly, I swear there's this telephone on top of that stand, right? <laughs> there you can see the cord, right? Yeah. That's the old telephone. Well, cord. I was saying. You had to have a long one too. So you could talk in the other room, you know, when you, when you wanted to have a, a conversation with your girlfriend you had to have like a because there was only one phone in my house. Mm -hmm. We had this like super long cord. So if I wanted to talk to my girlfriend, what, you're rich and had more than one phone. Yeah, you had to take the long cord and stretch it all the way back to your bedroom. I'd say it, it, it barely fit inside my bedroom door, so I could just I could just barely close the door <laughs> and sit on the floor. We had we had one of those wall hangers in the kitchen, and then we yeah. had one uh, yeah. we had one in the den uh downstairs on the on the lower level yeah uh, of the ranch so we had to have two because <laughs> nobody wanted to keep going upstairs to answer the phone not that anybody called you you know back in those days if it was if, you, if it was if you got a call back in the day you know somebody was either dead or on their way for a visit so you know <laughs> you, you either go into the closet and getting a suit or going to the kitchen and getting some snacks for when they get there yeah so yeah, I don't. I don't know how we coordinated anything without the cell phones back then. It's like, how did how did people even know when you were home to call you? Did they just call you over and over and over until they got you? I can't remember. Well, that's have you? That's uh, oh, well, not ringing. Yes, this that is a 1940, 1940s phone. You probably don't even have down a to, the phone. to go with it, do you? Down to the phone number. That is cool. It took forever to dial too. That's <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, no. That uh, one number. The, uh, that Chris Rock, uh, you know, scene from Lethal Weapon Four, you know, with the old rotary phone where five, six. Oh, I screwed. Yeah, that's what it was like.
Yeah, it was, it was, you know, looking, looking at all this, you know, the pictures, it, it just, it just, I can't wait to, to go to the show, honestly, because it is, it is going to be like a walk down memory lane. Um, yes, of, for sure. Of, of what I watched and, you know, my life growing up, um, like, like I, I watched masters of the universe, you know, yep. I, I watched that cartoon every day. Now, I, I don't know if we're allowed to call, you know, you know, this is, I guess, just Boba Fett's ship now. We can't. Oh, we can't, man. I forgot about that. It. We can't call it that anymore. Screw Disney. One, man. <laughs> Screw Disney. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. So, those so those that, probably went up in value right there. Probably, that, yeah. I mean, that was at my last what? show. That was <laughs> Pete. You have to remember, though, back in the night, well, late nineties, early two thousands. That's when uh, you know, Robot Chicken started making fun of that, and that's yeah. when uh, you know, uh, what was his name? Um, oh God, I'm drawing a blank. Who played? Uh, who played him? But uh, he said, "I'm not king on that name." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Lando. You Lando. I really don't think I Yeah. If you put in a clip, it'd be way cooler. <laughs> I don't know. Are we allowed to play that clip? We'll get canceled. Yes, you are. Because it's you know from the days. These things are really neat. What? Yeah, what are the monster you know, stuff. These are the these are the original uh, Universal monsters, correct? Well, the ones on top, um, some of them are those Telco monsters that would come out at Halloween, like like in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and into the nineties. You could still get these guys. Uh, you know, all the classic monsters. Um, and they had just a little button, you know, that you'd push and the monster would do a little dance and it plays a song. And then the ones on the, the bottom are, I think, That's are, the rare ones. I think those are General Giant or uh, Hot Toys or something like that. Like they're, they're more modern, but they're, they're super expensive. Like that Frankenstein. That's right. Is well, see, the, the thing is that the, the re-genre of it the reviving of the uh, industry is making those more higher priced than the old school toys because i was over at um you know uh dallas vintage toys and they had the ones on top that you're talking about yeah. in the box yeah yeah going for a buck piece and people yeah. are not touching them all day long guys downstairs man yeah yeah, and and they're they're even more pricey. Those are uh, original on the bottom there with the pink stickers. Those are original carded He-Man figures. No, 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 they're not. I take that. Those are those are the new lines, the ones with the that are kind of yeah, the retro. Yeah, yeah, retro play. Yeah, okay. Those are the, those are the. I'm sorry. There are some vintage ones at this show, though. And then, and then behind it, we have a whole bunch of pops. Pops are big, I guess. Yeah, pops are we, big. we, we you know, don't have as many pop dealers 
uh, at our shows. We have some, um, but I was surprised at how many vintage toy guys we had bring stuff. I, I, I was just shocked because, you know, before the pandemic hit, I felt like all the shows were just kind of getting overwhelmed with pops, like too many pops. Everybody had them and they have like a big cage full of pops or whatever. And it was like, man, everybody's got these pops. And I don't have anything against them or anything because collect, I just don't knock people's collecting habits. It's whatever you're into. But mm. uh, it, 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 it was take, they were taking over. And so when I put on the show, I, I assumed I was going to get inundated with pop dealers, but I didn't. I have, I think, a, 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 an amount of pops that there's a selection of them there at the show, but there's it's not overrunning the show. It's just mixed in. That's cool. And there'll, there'll be pops at, at Retro Expo, um, but there's going to be a ton of vintage toys, a ton of comic books. Um, we've got some record dealers coming to Retro Expo. Um, nice. Is different, different. I hope they do well, you know, because we'd love to have them, you know, keep coming back because I collect records. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to bring in, you know, all kinds of just, you know, cool pop culture related collectible dealers. The 90s Star Wars stuff, of course. That was between uh, between films, right? When they. Yeah, um, that was such a big deal when they came out. Uh, I think they came out in the they re-released the Kenner line of action figures, uh, in 94 or was it somewhere right in there? 94, 95. And, uh, nice. Big boom. It, yeah, it was an exciting time because star Wars had been gone, uh, for like 10 years. It just disappeared. No one cared. And then the figures were back and I was in my, 20s i guess uh when those came out again and i was putting on comic shows uh in tulsa oklahoma with a with a comic store for a guy a friend of mine that owned a comic shop and we were putting on an annual show and when those came out man people i mean they were just as excited about them as as we were as kids i thought now was this the the he-man size figures where they all look like they were well, they're not He-Man size, but they they have big muscles. They're they're <laughs> over sculpted, yeah. yeah. And I think I think the they were highly influenced by the Spawn figures at that time because Spawn was like the hot new action figure at that time. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, the McFarlane, McFarlane, yeah, right? McFarlane Spawn figures. Yeah, I think that, that they they beefed them up to kind of compete with Spawn figures. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, lunch boxes those those still big? Oh yeah, yeah. And you can see there at the top, he's got some old school metal ones, and then into the '90s and 2000s, they went plastic. It, well, there, there's some late '80s ones too, because there's there's some there's like Ghostbusters and other movies of that era plastic boxes as well. But mm-hmm. um. It just depends on when you grew up and what one you carried as a kid. Like to to a lot of people, the plastic ones mean more because that's what they had. But yeah, you, now I, 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 I had a metal one. 
yeah, I had a, I had a, I had the metal one growing up, and I actually found in a Goodwill um, a couple of years back, um, it, and it had the thermos in it with the cup. It was the Apollo mission. That's oh. rare. Yeah. Ask me where it is cool. now. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> bring, bring no, I the- said that's rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's an old box. Yeah. I remember. I, 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 to I get the thermos with, with everything yeah. is rare. That's super oh, yeah. rare. Yeah, it didn't have that little, you know, the little clip that came over to hold the thermos in place. That, had, I guess, had broken off but i mean it, it had the thermos in it with the with the cup and the and the screw lid and uh, you know the the metal box was was pretty decent shape was is so, it a square or was it a dome the what he, the cup no the box was uh, it, it was a square it was a square one like uh, like the galactica okay like, like okay cuz you know uh the the first kids' lunch boxes were actually domed, dome shaped. You know, they had a square bottom and a dome top, just like, you know, the old school, uh, you know, lunch box you see a worker, you know, a construction worker carrying. They used that same right. shape and design for kids' boxes, but then they painted, you know, Star Trek on it or Lost in Space. So some of those mm-hmm. sci fi TV shows and the Western ones like Hopalong Cassidy, um, were actually in a in a domed box, and then and then the early seventies and beyond is what you're talking about. Yeah, and then in the early seventies, they went to the square, uh, the, that top shelf looking one. And then here's a VHS tape. Yeah, I think I got I think I got every one of those. Yeah, those are great because um, the 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 widescreen original trilogy is a, is <laughs> is fun because you can actually see the unedited, you know, pre episode four Star Wars. And I think I think that's I have the Ewok on the side. That's yeah, one you got, John. That's the one I got. He's got two of them. I probably have two of them somewhere. And he's using one as a doorstop. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got a lot of stuff on on this shelf here. Um, I you know, like I said, I can't I can't wait. I have I have that from Star Wars to Jedi. I know I got that. Oh yeah, that's a great documentary too. It's real. It's yeah. a really good one. I think that one's on YouTube, but it's a good documentary. Yeah. Back in the days, you had to buy the box set just to watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way. Now, just YouTube everything. Look at that Silver Surfer back there. That I couldn't believe that guy had that. The it was one of those uh, fantastic, you know, Fantastic Four two. Zoom in, John. Can you huh? zoom in on that? The, no, I think John. Can you zoom in on the picture? No, that other one. There okay. he goes. Whoa! Yeah, it, that's going to be at the show. It was at my last show, and it did sell, and it was expensive too. I can't remember what the guy. Ah, was. So, but it, it, it's one of the. It was a theater prop, like an expensive, you know, theater prop that was sent out to promote Fantastic Four two, when it, you know, the 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 movie that had Silver Surfer in it, 
and it was beautiful. I couldn't believe he had that thing. And that Spider-Man, of course, is another like movie theater, uh, like promo prop piece. And that sold as well. Wow. And I see Mickey well, on the Being with the ears closed, uh, that's going to be hard to come by these days. So I'm sure those props would be oh, that all man. He, he brought like four or five of them. I guess some guy sold him his entire collection of them. And he brought them all to the show, and they they all sold. And and uh, he said, "Well, I'm going to go back to the guy's house and see if he'll sell me more of them." <laughs> so for the for the next for Retro Expo, so I'm hoping he gets more from the guy. Th- that's another that's another realm of collecting. I don't do it, but I know I have friends that that's what they collect now. They don't collect toys anymore. They collect these these six foot figures. You know, different companies have made them. Like I think General Giant has made some uh, of just like, you know, larger scale action figures, essentially. But, uh, you know, like Star Wars Stormtroopers and all the different troopers, there's guys that collect just the life size versions of those, which is very cool. But they're super expensive. Yeah. Where are you going to Well, they're running about 8,000, if anything, to 9,000 to the ones I've seen. Uh, I did a video with uh marvel and that it's crazy money dude mm-hmm. and it's not star wars that's just marvel yeah. i'm like going this this this, this was you jeff at uh, when you saw that's the best thing i ever saw <laughs> but uh so the the show opens on the twenty third of July. That's going to be a VIP early open for shopping, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, four four to seven p.m. on Friday, 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 July twenty third is the VIP uh, night. And then Saturday, July twenty fourth is from nine to four is our general admission. And what do you have? Um, what do you have coming up? And where uh, after? the uh the, the plano well we're coming back to plano um let's see let me get make sure i got that date correct here uh all the info that i'm sharing with you guys is on our website retroexpo.com so it's real easy to to find uh retroexpo.com art we'll be back at the same uh plano event center november 12th and 13th Okay, any, any anywhere else um, around the country, or is that the next yeah, show? Um, let's see, my show after that, I'm doing one in, let's see, Missouri, and that one's September 11th and 12th of this year. Okay. In uh, Springfield, Missouri. And then we'll be back uh, here in July 2022, again in Plano. So, so we're going to do it twice a year at the Plano Event Center. Retro right. Well, uh, I'll be Jeff, there, man. Jeff and I are both, will both be there uh, on we'll the 24th. And uh, we can't wait to, to meet you in person. We'll, uh, I don't know, what, what are, you know, you hate to ask this, but I guess you have to. Um, are there any health requirements to, or is it uh, is it wide open? No, everything's everything just as it is in the state of Texas. Um, it because it's a city-owned uh, venue. 
they have to follow state guidelines, so they can't require anything. Okay. Um, so you so, lick it, you own it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're, we're just, uh, it's optional. It's up to you. Um, the, the building can't enforce anything again as a city owned entity. So right. the only uh, reason I ask is because I, you know, it's, it's, it's very rare nowadays. You get to say, I can't wait to meet you face to face, you know, instead yeah. of mask mask. So, um, well, we, I, we did, um, our first show in New Braunfels, Texas, um, about two months ago, masks were still, the mask mandate had not been lifted in Texas. And so we, we had to, everyone had to wear masks, dealers and customers. And then the show we did in Dripping Springs, uh, which is near Austin, they had dropped the mandate and the facility didn't require them. And so we didn't, we didn't wear masks and people would come in with masks and they'd say, do we have to wear this? And we'd say, we're not wearing it. You don't have to wear it. And people just, <laughs> they didn't want, they didn't want to wear it. Now, some, right. a few people did, but I understand if you, if you're, you know, have health issues or concerns or whatever, then, you know, wear it by all means, wear it. Yep. Yep. I wear, agree. Wear a Wookiee mask, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, I hope I hope the uh, the show is a big success, and I can't wait to uh, to to venture around the uh, the dealer's room and and um, see what I will tell my wife what I can buy. Um, yeah, I'm telling people save your pennies. It, it there's going to be good stuff there. I know I already I have been holding my fire for some time now for this show because I know so much good stuff is coming. Because at my last show, there was so much good stuff. And uh, so I, in between these shows, I haven't been buying stuff from anyone else because I'm like, my dealers are just going to bring just incredible stuff. And that's why people will want to go, like I said, the, the hardcores, like, you know, the, the collectors that, you know, don't roll into a toy show without a few hundred dollars in their pockets. Trust me. They're coming to, to, to buy some stuff that's that's what vip night is is was all about it's for the guys that they're just dying to get in there and get the stuff before anyone else so i'm that way that's why we made that that early entry you know it's more expensive but it's something that the chicago like i said the chicago toy show is one of my favorites and they do that on setup day, they sell an expensive ticket to just the general public. If you want to come in here and pay fifty dollars, that's what they charge. You know, you can, but you got to give us fifty bucks, and I pay it because I want to get in there the day before all the crowds get in there and get the good stuff. So that's why we made that. All right. Well, you know, again, I can't wait to uh, to get down there and 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 wander the aisles. Any any last uh, questions, Jeff? You have. Looking forward hanging out with you, Scott. Man, I wish I could hang out with you the day before because I know I'm like you. Might have to put a second mortgage on the home. (laughs) (laughs) You got to build a room for Spider Man and. uh, uh, I I understand. I'm right. I'm right there with you. I've got the fever now. You know so. I wish it was this weekend, but it is the weekend after. One, got to wait one more week. One more week to get the build up, and uh, you know, if uh, if we hopefully we run into you on uh, on Saturday, and 
Um, we can do uh, something live from the floor of the show. Yeah. Um, now, there's sure. a special giveaway, right? Did you guys talk about it yet? The coupon, we do have, uh, yes, I have a discount code, and it is my friend, uh, all one word, my friend. And it's you have to buy the tickets at Retro Expo to get the 25% off. So use that my friend code. It's it's basically go to Retro Expo, go to the ticket page, click on the ticket that you want, go to the cart and type in my friend, all one word, and it's going to automatically take 25% off your price total at the bottom. So you'll see the discount before you check out. All right. Excellent. Well, Scott, thank you very much. It was, it was, it's been a pleasure to, uh, to finally uh, talk to you uh, outside of, of email. Uh, I know you, you've had a busy couple of months um, setting up and getting, getting ready to, to start life again. Uh, it feels like. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank, thank you for your time. And uh, Jeff, we look forward to seeing you next time on the, the geek and I podcast. And uh, we will catch you guys uh, Saturday, the 24th, July 24th from the Plano event center. Uh, right here in Plano, Texas. Uh, come on down to Retro Expo um, and bring your cash because you're going to want to leave with a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, Scott, thanks. Don't thanks forget to say hi to John and Jeff. Yes, we'll be there. We'll be, we'll there. be signing. Too. You don't even have to pay for our autographs. <laughs> Free autographs, guys. All right. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Scott. And uh, we will uh, we will talk to you in uh, in just over a week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. The Geek and I podcast part of the Geek News Now podcast network.